again, good morning. I love the richness of our Catholic faith, and as I went through seminary, that understanding and, re- and cognizance of the richness only grew. And one of my favorite kind of things from our faith is a kind of statement we learn in theology. It's called the both and statements. And it usually is whenever you have something, two things that seem that they should be in opposition to each other, that you can only pick one or the other. But in the Catholic perspective, it's both and. Uh, An example from our modern times is nations should have good borders. They should have secure borders. But nations should also, with that responsibility of having a border, take care of those who are in need, those who are seeking refuge. And thus, in the Catholic perspective is, we have to do both because we recognize that both are good things and that for things to be done properly, both must be done. To move to a little, maybe a little more funnier one, for me, I love order. I love rules. I love regulations. I love standard operating procedures because they tell me what I should be doing. But I also love chaos. And you would think to yourself, but Father, how can you have both? Well, if anyone has ever been on a playground, one knows there exists such a thing as organized chaos. If anyone here was at the color run on Friday, you witnessed organized chaos. But to even hit more closer to home, games or organized chaos, sports or organized chaos because they have rules, they have regulations. They have these things that tell you how to play the game, how to play it well, how to play it properly, what to do and what not to do so that suddenly we can inject the human element, the chaos, the spontaneity, the freedom of choice because we know what we can and cannot do. We know what options we have. And thus, games become fun because even though we may know the rules, we don't know how it's going to end. If we knew how it was going to end, that's not a game, that's a parlor trick. We have a lot of talk about rules and laws and regulations in today's readings talking about the law of Moses, these commandments. We have this scribe that comes to Jesus. And this is a different scribe than the ones that we've been hearing about. He's different than the Herodians. He's different than the Sadducees. He's different than the Pharisees and the scribes and the elders because he's not coming to ask Jesus a question to trip him up, to secure a political victory for his group, a political religious victory. He's coming with a genuineness of heart. He wants to know, how do I please God? I know I need to follow the commandments. And we only think of the Ten Commandments, but for the Jewish mind, there was 613 commandments in the Old Testament. That's a lot of laws to follow. That's a lot of things to try and keep in fulfillment. And unfortunately, because the law became a god unto itself, you see these different political groups of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the law becomes their god, and they, they lose something important. They lose proper worship of God Almighty. But he is like, if I can live out the greatest of all the commandments, if I can live out the one that fulfills all these 613 commandments, 
then I will be on track, then I will be loving God. And he asked Christ this, and Christ, who is the word of God, who is the law incarnate, who has come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, tells him from our reading from Deuteronomy, thou shall love the Lord your God, for he is the only one with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your being. And he goes, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Unfortunately, a lot of us in the world and the world itself looks at this as a either or question. Either I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my strength, pouring everything into that. Or I love my neighbor completely. One at the expense of another. But the reality, it's a both and. We have to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength but also love our neighbor as ourself. And we see what happens when one is elevated at the expense of another. For example, in loving thy neighbor, these are the social works. These are the ways we take care of society, take care of the poor and the destitute, take care of our fellow man. But what happens when we take God out of that? We see the likes of the French Revolution with so much bloodshed. We see the pogroms of the communists. We see millions die during the 20th century under brutalistic regimes and dictatorships, all in the name of social progress, in the progress of man, in the progress of the worker or the proletariat or the, the rights of them at the expense of God and expense of the dignity that comes from being made in the image and likeness of God because they push God out of their lives, out of their societies, Suddenly man becomes chattel, something that can be abused and used. And even now we're seeing that somewhat happen today, that the dignity of human life is constantly under attack because we have pushed God out of our lives and thus we have made new gods such as social progress, ideologies. If all we had to do was love our neighbor, then all of us would be saints by simply going to the Peace Corps administering in foreign nations. But that's not what God has called us. He has firstly called us to love him because when we learn to love him with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our soul, we begin to see him in the other. We begin treating the other with the respect because we see the image and likeness of God in that person. But we can also fall into the trap of loving God exclusively to where we lack and care for our neighbor. We lose the missionary zeal. We lose the charism of going out and caring for our brother and sister. In that way, we become cocooned in our own shell, in our own borders, with our own hedges. And we become hypocrites because how can we say we love God yet hate our neighbor, yet not care for our neighbor, yet not be present to them when we see their need? when we do not live out the way of the Good Samaritan, that when we see something, we do something, not because of the glamour or because of the reward, but because we see the dignity of God in them. We can't just have one at the expense of another. For us as Catholics, as missionary disciples, it is a both and. And thus in this way, the scribe answers to Christ, you are right to say these things because if we live this out, it is greater than every single holocaust and sacrifice offered in the Old Testament is to do these two things. That is what Christ is calling us today. 
Have we truly given our hearts completely to the Lord? Can we say that I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my strength, with all my soul? And can I say that I love my neighbor as myself? Because if I am lacking in one of these things, then I have gone off the road of the Christian life and I need to get back on the path. Amen.